Welcome to another edition of Off the Bench. Zach Rosen here with Jacob Raymond, Jeremy Hyman, and we are celebrating the new year. Looking back at our top 10 favorite moments as we close out 2017. Uh, we're back from a road trip in Boston, Atlanta. Got still work for the squad to be done in 2017, though. Yeah, there's still work. Uh, Houston and Chicago, two tough games. Definitely, but we're uh, we're not going to really think about how the team has been playing. We, we really uh, broke down uh, the Boston win on uh, earlier this week's pod. Uh, we don't really want to talk about Atlanta. I don't think a lot of our fans do either. Let's um, just forget it ever happened. Yep, and uh, we've got eight of our next nine games at home. Uh, so January will be a, a big month for the DC family. Come on down to uh, Capital One Arena. Um, I'm excited for Wall with the Shades on Friday. It's yep. a great giveaway. Oh, well, yeah, we can mention that for the Rockets game. Uh, for those of you that don't know, we're giving away sunglasses that say Wall with the Shades, uh, modeled after John Wall's famous uh, sunglasses that he likes to wear before games. Um, outside as well. And... Uh, <laughs> It should be a good time Friday with the Rockets in town. But we're going to talk about 2017 as a whole, and that includes parts of last season and parts of this season. Uh, Today, Thursday, we put out a list of our top ten moments. So we're going to go through those, kind of trigger our memories from those um, plays, uh, you know, re-signings, other announcements that have happened. and Let's just get it going. Just get going from there. So... At number 10 is maybe not the most exciting moment for everybody, but as us for a franchise, and and we've talked about this at length on this podcast, was the Capital City Go-Go. Not only that team and branding being announced, but uh, just to have a G League team coming uh, to this franchise. I think we were one of, what, five teams that didn't have one before it was announced, so it was a big moment. It's going to be a great asset for us in 2018, and hopefully that'll be a part of our list for 2018. So, guys, I mean, we, we don't have a ton of information on the go-go besides this is what our brand is. This is, you know, what where we're going to play. We don't have jerseys or, or players. That'll be way later in 2018. But, you know, well, we can pivotal. speculate on a couple people that could be playing there. Yeah, we know that. Um, Good Mike, chance Mike Young and Devin Robinson will be playing there next season. Yeah. Devin Robinson's been killing it in the G League, yeah, by the way. He's 20 points in three of his last four games I saw. Uh, but, yeah, the go-go, I mean, if you look on our page – we have Ted Leosis, who kind of goes through why it's important to him. Um, he talked a lot on our podcast about, you know, this is big for the the Ward 8 community. A lot of people are not giving it a chance, but this it was a similar situation here in Chinatown. 20 years ago. Yep. So. Um, right, right. Yeah, that's that's what I, I'm, I think I'm most excited that the, this franchise is going to have a G League team to and to be so close. Um, you know, it will really feel like. You know, that's sort of the minor league team of the Wizards. Um, so you might get to see guys develop there, play a couple of years there, you know, come up and down. You'll see them a little bit on the Wizards, a little bit with the go-go. Good um, chance you'll see some of our stars rehab there when necessary. Yep, could be a good, great rehab, you know, a, a place where you could play live games without, you know, being in the NBA. Um, a lot of options there, and it's just that's sort of the way the league has moved now with it. Almost every team in the league is now going to have a G League team. And I heard, you know, when Ted was talking to you guys about that, and I've heard, you know, other people talking on this subject that, you know, the future of the NBA probably is closer to having that, a minor league-like team, similar how th- to the NHL. Triple A. Uh, I thought it was more similar to how the NHL works. That's fair. Um, yeah. I believe it's the AHL, mm-hmm. like how the Caps with the Hershey Bears. Um, and I don't know all the – 
specifics about how contracts work between those clubs and I, I know baseball more just because I know you know the 40-man roster and then there's an, an, an enormous minor league system with you know triple a double a single a you know low a ball rookie ball um, all sorts of you know so I, I don't think we're there yet that's why I don't want to make the comparison to baseball but um, but just having a team you know having a team that close by I think is going to be great for the city um, I think it could do a lot um, just in terms of, you know, it's, it could be a cheaper option for fans that don't want to, you know, pay the price to see a Wizards game if they go to a go-go game instead. Um, I, I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I guess it's just because it's, you know, it's far out. It's like still a full, you know, about a year away. Um, that's why I guess you have to sort of temper the excitement a little bit right now with just the announcement of the team name and we saw the brand and the logo. We still haven't seen a building yet. Right. So I think that's why we'll sort of get to that point of real excitement about the G League when we get maybe this summer and then, you know, launch the team in the fall. I think that's when the real excitement will build. But, um, but yeah, that's uh, it's certainly worth being on the list because, you know, having a team – an official team name now and we've sort of put all the the groundwork is there so um, and I really I really love the team name I love the association it has with DC it's an instant yeah in, instantly you know ingrained itself in the culture and stuff like that and yeah. I think it's it definitely for the culture. works it works for DC it's obviously it's that's a, the only city it would work is right here in DC which is partly partially why it's I think it's a good name because it's you know, there's so many team names across sports that, you know, you could throw the name on to any, you know, any city in the country and it, you know, it fits. But, um, but you know, the Go-Go is a very D.C.-centric, D.C.-specific name that uh, I think fans are going to enjoy, buy, you know, buying that merchandise and wearing that gear as well. You know, definitely they buy Wizards gear. So. You can um, get those T-shirts at Capital One Arena team store still i know we get a lot of questions about that from the gogo account so yep people know that get them at a home game uh speaking of playing at home capital one arena it was verizon center last year but number nine we have the 17 game home winning streak which you know when you look back on history is the second longest home winning streak in franchise history the first was in uh, the 74 and 75 season 22 games when you know the bullets were dominant in the 70s but I think we all look back on that streak just thinking, I mean, the team went from 8-13. and 13. It started on December 8th, and by February 4th when the streak ended, the team was 30-20. and 20. Yeah. So, I mean, really looking back at the run there, I think we were all just kind of in awe. It didn't matter who we were playing. on. We, we assumed we were winning every night at home. It didn't matter who was the Warriors. It didn't matter if it was the Rockets. It didn't matter who was coming to town. This place was, the, you know, this place was ours, and the fans were incredible, and it was an un, it was an unbelievable atmosphere, and you know, they, they just they just couldn't lose here, and yeah. it was it was a blast. It was fun. It was really fun, and it was it got once you get build a streak like that, and you sort of, I don't know what number it was, maybe you hit ten at that point, and then it sort of starts to become a bit of a story. Um, so each game sort of like you know is tonight, you know, can they keep it going another game, another game, and there were some great games in that streak uh, and the team was playing so well that was probably, they probably played their best basketball during that time of the year last year um, so that, and not only that I think the way it ended <laughs> yeah. I mean that might have been the most entertaining game, I think you might have, you could have probably put that game on this list 
just as the game itself, even though it was a Wizards loss. Mm-hmm. That game against Cleveland, of yep, course, we're February talking about. Um, yeah, last February, um, which, I mean, if you didn't get to see it, I'm sorry, because that I've watched a ton of regular season basketball games. You know, we cover 82 every year, and there are not many. You will not find many games more entertaining than that one for a regular season game. Um, and even though it, you know, it ended in a loss, I think it was it one forty to one thirty three. Yeah, it was like overtime, just and so overtime many took a LeBron over- ridiculous bank <laughs> three yeah, and the LeBron into- shot, and Bradley Beal was unbelievable, and Wall was great. I mean, there was just so many moments from that game, and it was, you know, you already had the national crowd here because it was Wizards Cavs. There was so much national media here. It was a national TV game. It was mm-hmm. a national TV game. You had the seventeen game home winning streak. Was on, you know, was at. I think stake. they had won seven in a row overall too, the team. Uh, yeah, that sounds right. Um, I just remember like watching that game, you know, especially how it unfolded in the fourth quarter and overtime, and it was like, you know, you literally had to like stand up to watch because it was just that entertaining. So I, I guess you could lump that in with the seventeen-game winning streak. The way it ended was mm-hmm. probably as exciting as the whole streak itself, but. Um, certainly one of the best memories of 2017, just going through that whole two-month stretch without losing at home, which is just crazy. And the, the home, uh, the arena continued to be a great place for us to play all the way through the playoffs. We didn't lose a home playoff right. game. Yeah, I think we so won it was kind of a like 20 of our last 25 games at home yeah. or something I mean, like that, including playoffs. Yep, a real home court advantage. And as seen in the playoffs, you're right. I mean, undefeated at home in the playoffs – which, um, you know, which, of course, we thought that was sort of one of the reasons why we wanted to finish as one of the top seeds this year in the East, which, you know, still is in, is in play. But, but Have uh, some work to do. Yeah, definitely, definitely have some work to do there. Number eight. Uh, on March 23rd, Phil Chenier will have his number 45 hanging in the rafters, the fifth player in franchise history to have his number retired. Um, so Jacob was on his honeymoon actually when this happened, but I mean, Jeremy, congratulations, yeah. Jacob! Oh, I, didn't, I didn't know you got married. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, Jeremy and I, uh, we we podcasted with with Phil and Buck. We called Buck yep. after, and we had Phil in here what ten minutes after he found out. For those of you who who didn't see it, Bradley Beal uh, and Phil were recording Level with Me, which is on Monumental Sports Network, uh, and where they were just asking questions going back and forth and Brad asked Phil what would it what would it mean to have your number retired and Phil was kind of like oh you're joking like this is the classic question and then Brad told him that that yeah. it was happening um, and we just we know how much it, it means to Phil uh, his teammates his family not only to have that number retired from his playing days but also he's gonna have the microphone up there from his 30 plus years of broadcasting but I mean, I, to me, that that actually sticks out as maybe like a top three moment of the la- of 2017. It was just awesome. Yeah, maybe you should have ranked this higher, Zach. I know, right? Yeah, it's hard to ever put stuff. You know what? I don't, I'm not huge into what you know ranking stuff like that. But um, just in terms of a whole, you know, the actual moment of finding it. You know, having him find out that day was it was a it was a great day. It was probably one of the best days I've had here. You know, working here and to be a part of. You know, um, just. Because I've known Phil, you know, for the seven years that I've been traveling, 
um, you know, you get to know people well on those trips, you know, so many plane rides and bus rides and dinners and, um, you know, you're around them so much. It is kind of like a family that, um, to see him, would you say it's like a DC family by any chance? You could say that. Hmm. Um, maybe if you put the hashtag first, you could definitely say that, but, um, that was a great day. And it was, you know, he was sort of to see him that overcome with emotion, um, the way it was done was great. The way Beal delivered it was great. The whole setup, I thought, was one of the best things we've ever done here. Um, and then Big shout-out to the network for that one. That was yeah, awesome. It was great. And then, you know, we got to do the pod with him right after. Exclusive. Um, you know, right here and got to talk to him about it and hear his f- thoughts. And then we talked to Buck, who, you know, had some great stories. And we stories. surprised him, too. He didn't yes. know. Right, we surprised Buck on the phone with it. I just thought the whole day was great. So certainly worthy of a top moment of the year. And one of the, uh, you know, especially for a moment like that, it's not something on the court. So it's a little bit different, but it's, um, you know, definitely felt special. Very special. And I think what a lot of people reminded us is that you don't, you'll be around the sports business for a long time, but how many times you get to experience a number retirement? Yep. You know, to honor someone that was that impactful to your franchise and yep. the game of basketball, uh, the media world. So that was definitely special. Yeah, and I think for our 2018 list, um, that that night in March will probably certainly be up there because I'm already in anticipating a, an emotional and a, you know, just one of those feel-good that nights. coupled with having all the 77, yeah. 78 guys yes. back here the whole that weekend, weekend as well. That weekend's going to be awesome. It's going to be second only to our championship parade, probably. Oh, right. uh, yeah, right, which will be <laughs> in, in June. Uh, yeah, jury's I'm still out on that one, I think. Mid-June. <laughs> Some consistency would help. Um, so, moving on, Zach. Yeah, number seven happened on Monday. Uh, Christmas! Christmas Day win, very wow. fresh in our minds. Very we, fresh. We talked about All right, it. I'm going to be I'm going to be honest with you. So, we're going to full disclosure. Zach made this list and it's a very good list, but there's no way the Christmas game should be below Phil. Phil. That's fine. But we'll I think, uh, I think the hardest thing with these kind of lists is that so much happens and you you have to kind of not put the same kind of moments right next to each other. So like the game 6 win against Atlanta can't be too close to the John Wall dagger uh, kind of thing. Yeah, I already said I, I We don't uh, need to put stock into yeah. the numbers. It's just yeah. 10 things that's we'll why say. That's we call it. That's why we call it the top moments. We yes. don't exactly have to yeah, rank yeah. them. Correct. Great point. Uh, yeah, I don't care what All right, about, we've but. we've punted the rankings. Now yeah. it's just 10 moments. All right, so so we look at Christmas talked about it at length uh on was that two i didn't i didn't get to talk about it so i i'll I'll share a couple of my thoughts please share your Um, perspective watching it from home i mean i was at the i was at the in-laws in new jersey going crazy on their couch and um it was um (laughs) (laughs) what a visual (laughs) it's just just uh my typical lunatic behavior watching the games and um you could you i mean obviously you guys you two were there you know what the atmosphere was like but it was very clear on television every time terry freaking regier would hit a shot the place would erupt and he was killing me and uh him and tatum down the stretch were incredible and like but we just really locked in defensively and showed a focus that um we really don't see enough from this team and we tre- it was it was very much a playoff atmosphere we treated it like a playoff game with our rotation mm-hmm. and we and we really closed the game in the fourth quarter in awesome fashion and i think that for this team to go in and get a win in boston is on a big game setting is so important because they clearly felt snake bit by the playoffs losing all four games there and so 
to prove to themselves they can win there. You know, we, when we go there um, next uh, next April or May or whatever, you know, we know that we can get W's in there. Yeah, I think – I mean, we talked about that. The mental part of knowing you can win in that building after losing nine straight was key. And, you know, those playoffs have a very bitter place in, in a lot of those players' hearts – especially the team. I mean, even the guys like Mike Scott who weren't with the team last year, you could tell that that game meant a lot to him becoming a part of the, the brotherhood of this team. And uh, it, it was an awesome win, unfortunately, followed by a bad loss. Yeah, but, you know, we don't have to worry about it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think when you look back at the season, like you're going to remember the fact that the Wizards won that game on Christmas. No and, question. Uh it was just a great performance. A lot of people got to see what they can do. The team was able to tell themselves, hey, we are this good. The fans were able to realize that the, when the playoffs come around, the team is built for the playoffs. And it was a great – we had a great time. I mean, Boston's always a great city um, on Christmas Day. So, Jeremy, any, any other thoughts that we didn't get to about Christmas? You've pretty much hit most of it, but um – it would had like it would had every element of a playoff game, which, other than it being you know, <coughs> excuse me, nice. <coughs> other than it being nice weather outside, you know, you would have thought that we were in May and it was the second round of the conference semifinals. Mm-hmm. Um, but other you know, and the Wizards they played their best down the stretch which there was a lot of there was a lot to like about that game the way they played the way they faced adversity a lot of you know the elements that you need to win a tough playoff game on the road you saw in that game and you know you hope that if they get the chance to be there again when this you know in spring when spring does come that they now they know they can win there, which they weren't able to do four times last year, and they were close, but they weren't able to do it. So you sort of get that hurdle out of the way. Hopefully that helps. You know, I'm not – I don't love those type of things is like where you say like, oh, now, you know, now they know they can win versus if they hadn't won, like maybe they don't think they can win. I don't always buy into that logic. Um, but – if you do believe in that, I mean, I'm just, it can't hurt. Like having that win under your belt now and having that, I just don't think it's, um, you know, it certainly can't hurt if they get that chance again. So that's, that's, uh, definitely good, a good, um, you know, a good thing for this team moving forward. And yeah, and the Christmas day game is always special. So to get that win, All eyes on it'll you. be one win that we will certainly remember at the end of this, uh, this regular season next up a lot of memories actually when we were in Atlanta last night about this was game six closing out the Hawks I mean I honestly forgot that John Wall had as many as 42 points I mean he killed the Hawks in the fourth quarter in that game six Mm -hmm. Um, kind of the iconic moment for me was his block on Dennis Schroeder when the Hawks were were crawling back I think it was 93-90 but Remember John kind of waving to the crowd to Julio Jones, yeah. Migos, Future, yes. all the rappers that were there, and just embracing the stage. And then afterwards, uh, him and, and and Brad talking about you know if we did it for the culture and all that stuff. I mean, just a really fun way to close out that series. And and they really were overmatched in especially Game Three in Atlanta. They they got kind of blown out. So it was a big big stepping stone to, to what set up obviously a very memorable Boston series 
Yeah, and that was their first and only road win of the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Right, yes. Yeah, so, um, and I, there's nothing as great as it is to win on your home floor. Um, winning big road games like that, I, I don't I, I know Brad has talked about how much, you know, sometimes it feels better to do it that way, to just, you know, to, to hear all the boos and to hear, you know, all the animosity you hear and then to actually go beat them and end their season on in their place it's just it's a great feeling like i like it you know in my role of what i do like going into another building and winning a series like that was so much fun and you know being in the locker room and the um you know it's just a, it's such a great great feeling but um i know for the players that game meant a lot and the, and you saw wall and beal just step up there um and you know play great and play great on the road in a huge game like that to close out a series it meant a lot and certainly one of the best games of the season or of the 2017 year and um yeah i mean that was that's one that's that's one of those it was a lot, it was a lot ones of fun. i won't forget um you know i remember we won the series in uh chicago we won on the road our first playoff series win. I remember that I dropped my phone on the United Center floor going out to film that's a class our guys celebrating and I like dropped it and shattered my phone screen wow and got none of the footage that night <laughs> wow victory shot. I don't even remember that but I believe that happened. you were there you were there with me I was there that's a I just classic don't story. remember your phone breaking but that's funny and um yeah, and then the Toronto series we won at home because we swept that one. There was just not very much drama in that series, right? Yeah, so by getting those two wins first in Toronto was a lot of fun. But and I'm those, just, I just remember those the atmospheres in Toronto were mm -hmm. incredible. They had the whole Jurassic yes. Park outside, yes. and everybody talked about how impossible it was going to be to go in and win in Toronto. And then we just yeah. went in and just had no no trouble. Paul Pierce. Um, yeah, that was great. But but uh, you know cl the closeout games just something about those you don't forget those ones and that that one in atlanta was great uh, you know there was some little chit chat between the teams and uh, like there isn't a lot of the series M but was it mma uh, mma <laughs> yeah i forgot about you that. see it's so easy to forget about all the beef when i mean that boston series just took over when i mean even like jan mahimi got into it with jonas Rebko, like who, who would ever guess that? So right. I think some of the MMA and other stuff in the opening round kind of gets forgotten. I mean, I forgot that John, again, had this 42-point game. He averaged 30 points per game in that series. I mean, yeah. he was dominant against the Hawks. He had that dunk in game three behind his back. I mean, that was yes. unbelievable. That was, that was one of the plays of the year. Yeah. Uh, so moving on, talking kind of – this one doesn't need as much talking points because we, we kind of hit on it throughout this, but – you know, winning the Southeast Division for the first time in 38 seasons was was massive. I mean, just it's it's funny because we we like to cherish those hats that we got, and I know like Keith wore it a lot right after the division was clinched. Uh, then, you know, clinching first uh, first round home court advantage, and uh, for the first time in that same exact time period, and 49 wins was the most since that 78 79 season. So it was it was just a year of you know, 2016-17 was a year of getting back on track, and, and it was Scott Brooks' first season, so you have to give him credit for, for turning the ship after not making the playoffs the year before. Um, but we can kind of move past that. It's just more of a general thought kind of thing. Um, it was awesome, though. 
It yeah, was and a great, yeah, my it was first a great, year, I mean, great now I have high expectations every season because yeah. of that. And it really, it really clearly meant a lot to the team. Yeah, yeah like no was, question. Yeah. It's one of those things you set as goals, beginning of the season, win a division, get home court, get fifty wins. Came up just short on fifty, got the other two, but like, um, and it really set the table for this season. Which I think that, I think that all those, n- none of those, just because of the inconsistent play, none of those goals have changed. True. Yeah, and it's just like the you know like each kind of year the 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 bar keeps getting raised which is a good thing but but it's also you have to if you're a fan or you you know you can you can always complain you know if you're not there's only going to be one winner at the end of the season so the other 29 fan bases are going to probably complain about something (laughs) i know that that's just that's just how sports are but like you know, there's a lot of fan bases out there that would love to have the Wizards situation, the Wizards roster, to have a team like the Wizards to root for. And, you know, a team that could, you know, win 40-something games or, you know, hopefully get close to 50 wins again. Um, you know, there's a lot of teams out there that have no chance at doing that and are in, you know, a total rebuild or just trying to figure out what, you know, what the future is for their team. So, you know, it's easy to always look at sit there and you know criticize and you know be down about what's going on which is okay like you can do that as a fan too i'm not saying you can't be critical or say anything negative but you just got to remember you know the big picture and that as we've seen with this wizards team before it certainly can get can get worse right uh number four all right we're not doing numbers anymore but either way <laughs> i mean i think this is a top five moment was re-signing otto porter uh Maybe speculation from fans more so and and other national media that may have not understood the situation that was going on in D.C., but felt like us, we always always knew that Otto would be coming back, that the deal would work out. Um, You know, really, probably, Ted Ted Leones has said he's he's been our most consistent player this season. I know that was a few weeks ago, but it's probably reigned true. Uh, him and and Brad with John being hurt uh, for you know twelve games, but Otto just jumped onto the scene and he's such an important player on both ends of the floor and really just and we know this he's just one of the nicest guys you'll ever come across. It's never about him; it's always about the team. He just does his thing. He's a lights out shooter, um, and he's he you know he steps up in the community. He's he's just everything that you want out of a player one of your key players so and, and there was a lot of talk about um his contract but ted stated it when we talked to him the market dictated what he was worth and he got what he was worth very clearly and he's he's back to that up his play this year has been really consistent he shot the ball really well i think we'd all like him to shoot a little bit more but i think that's right. probably about the only complaint he does all the little things and and seeing him along with um brad and john locked up long term it was you know you you secured your future. You secured what you wanted to build around, and um, and I think that's that's awesome that those guys wanted to be here. And um, yeah, and a little bit of breaking news here live on the pod: uh, Gerald Green is signing a deal with the Rockets, so we might oh. see him tomorrow night. Oh. These deals always happen right before we're about to play a team. Someone's yeah. like, "Oh, we're going to return today," but yeah, the Rockets are pretty injury riddled right now. They can yeah. use a body. Is Chris Paul playing tomorrow? We don't know, but he's not playing tonight. So I, I don't. And I know Capella's not on the road trip. Yeah, he's no. out. I don't know about Paul. Might, might see a lot of our old friend Nene. Yeah, could see a lot Black. of Nene. Looking forward to seeing Nene tomorrow. Nene and Trevor. Uh, but just getting back to <laughs> yeah, 
Well, actually, speaking of Trevor, that's actually a good segue into what I wanted to say about Otto. Because if if you remember, Trevor Ariza was here Otto's rookie year. Do I have that year? Yes. yes yeah. So Trevor Ariza was the starter then, and as he should have been. And, you know, he was an established veteran. And I think the reason Otto signing that deal and, you know, whatever, you know, a max deal, making, you know, a, gr- a great contract. And I'm so happy for him, you know, not only just because of what everything he's meant for this team, but also just because of all the stuff, you know, the stuff that was said about him, his rookie year, his second year before that playoffs, um, you know, there was so much talk that, you know, he wasn't worth it. He wasn't, you know, a num- he wasn't a good number three pick. Um, there's just so many people so quick to judge his career based on, you know, his first year or two here and didn't let him, you know, didn't let him develop, didn't give him a chance. He really wasn't playing a lot. You know, he was behind Trevor Ariza and that his rookie year, he didn't play much at all. And then after that, Paul Pierce came in and he played behind Pierce and then he played big in that playoffs a lot with Pierce um, when they went to that small lineup. But, um, you know, just I just love seeing guys like that that work hard, that play the right way, that put in the effort and the time. Um, you know, get get rewarded, and to see him develop, develop right here in D.C. You know, you get to see him. You know, I get to meet these guys on draft night. Same with Bradley Beal, like you know Kelly Oubre. I was there. You're there, literally. I don't. I mean. Not like it's when they're born, but it's when they're NBA. <laughs> but it's, but it's oh, kind of just the, the ana- just the analogy of like you get to see him right, like from the draft, like right off the stage. It's, you get to meet him right with their first seconds as a member of the Wizards, and then you get to spend so much time with them and watch them develop and watch them, you know, their careers take off like that. So to get so then when you finally get to see him, you know, and again with this bad analogy, but like you know when you get to see your kids you know grow up and whatever they're you know a big milestone like graduating high school or college or something like that so when you get to see it you know in the nba it's obviously a much shorter than a lifespan but you know you get to see guys sort of grow up and you know play in their rookie years and then develop and become like key players for this team and then they get rewarded with a big contract it's like you feel good for them so that's why it was great to see Otto um get that deal and i was so happy that he was back with us um, here in D.C., and I'm looking forward to seeing what he's going to be able to do for you know the next five years or so, at least here in D.C. Speaking of one of those guys that you you mentioned meeting on draft night, Bradley Beal, 51 point game in Portland, only a few weeks ago now. But uh, looking back at on that one, I know maybe I think the 51 point game was more so just memorable because of the circumstances too i mean the wizards lost by 47 the night before to utah uh on a back-to-back you're in a a tough place to play and i i just think there's no john john wall wasn't playing in this game and brad just i mean simply went off and career high it was Uh, one of those games though where you uh, at least at least for me i mean watching it on my couch um it was one of those games where i didn't realize how many points Brad had until he had like forty, and then and then all of a sudden it's like whoa, and then he kept scoring, kept scoring. I remember us talking on our um, on our Slack channel like 
get 50, Brad, get 50. And then he got 50, and we were all going nuts, the and he dunk. got the career high. And um, the the coverage that Jeremy got on social media that night was awesome of our guys celebrating and showering Brad with water for his career high. And, and the win itself was also crazy important, mm-hmm. as you mentioned, because the night before we were, let's face it, we were embarrassed Black. by Utah. And so um, and Portland had beaten us in that comeback a few weeks before that, so maybe a little yeah. revenge factor. Yeah, that was one of the best wins of the year and one of the best games they've played this year. And to see, you know, Beal cap it off with that final dunk for the 51, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was a great, great moment. Certainly one, another one we won't forget. Um, you know, I love when you watch shooters that get hot. That's probably my favorite thing in the NBA. It's so awesome. And, you know, just to see him just bucket, 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 you know, one after another, step back, crossover, step back. When the uh, crowd groans every time yeah. the guy touches the yeah. ball. Floaters in the lane, he got to the bucket. I mean, it was just, he was hitting everything. And, you know, they, they needed it. They needed that that game right then at that time of the year. And it right. was one, um, yeah, and then the whole the celebration afterwards. Um, you know, the team felt great for him. It, I, that, was, that was another one that we won't forget. His back, uh, His backcourt mate, John Wall. We haven't mentioned him for a while now on the podcast uh, today, but next up is definitely his. Next his two, time. I believe, or the yeah, last two, I believe, are going to be two, him. And you can probably guess what number one is, but this, the one before that is just him deciding to commit to D.C. basically for the, the rest of the prime of his career, which is just a huge statement for everybody. And I think that... Made, you know, at the time, nothing's really going on in the NBA when he when he decided to to sign this contract extension. But right now, you look back at it, and when I was putting together this list, I was just thinking, man, like um, just imagine the the anxiety that everyone would have if he didn't do that right now. I just think it's it's such a pivotal moment that probably one of the, it'll be top five for the next you know three years that he decided to to stay here. And I don't think we had in question that he wasn't going to. But, you know, you get nervous. People start talking about certain things. LeBron is dictating the whole league with what he's going to do. So it's just huge. I mean, there aren't, like, you can't really explain much about it. You just have to mention it and say, John Wall is staying here. He's going to be here, you know, till through the 2020s or whatever, you know, in the beginning of the 2020s. A lot of the stuff we said about Otto holds true here, too, but... Um, the fact is that um, no disrespect to Otto, but Otto and John are in different classes of player in this league. And John is John is one of the very best players in the league, and he's an absolute superstar. And to get his commitment to this team is something that you know we haven't seen here in a long time. And it you know it should and the 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 influence it could have on the next you know ten, fifteen, twenty years for this franchise. You know, we don't know yet, but it, it certainly has that potential. Yeah, that's there's so many angles of, of this this one. So many ways you could go with it, why it's important, what it means for the city, what it means for the franchise, what it means for John. Um, and, and in this era of superstars, just between free agency and trades and, you know, the way the league works now, there's just so much movement. Yeah. Uh, it's one of the rare times you saw a team lock up their guys they drafted and you know develop them and make them into franchise players long term so to see the commitment from the team and also from john um that 
we talked about it over the summer when it happened, but certainly one of the moments that the pivotal moments of this 2017 year um, that should set this franchise up for success. Like I was talking about before with, you know, take, don't take for granted. Just like this team is going to be a playoff team every year. Um, You know, you got to appreciate that. And, and that's what having John Wall and Bradley Beal means there we're this team's going to be a playoff team for as long as they're healthy and playing. So, um, yeah, it's just, just a great moment all around. And, again, similar to Otto, just to see John rewarded after his hard work and what he's put in and meant to this city. Um, you know, it's a it's a great long-term deal that, uh, that, yeah, I was excited and happy for him and his family and also just because he's going to be in D.C. for the long term now and through his prime, which is just sort of starting now. So, um, yeah, great a great moment, which was – back in august i think early august do mm-hmm. i have that time right yeah so one of my uh definitely one of the best i think moments of this year was that day to watch john speak up there and to officially sign that deal number one is number one i don't think there's any debate it might be number one in franchise history outside of the championship but john wall's shot in game six kind of the unquestionably biggest moment of the season he pulls up on a broken play actually where Bradley Beal is supposed to get the ball the five second uh ref the ref's you know mental clock of the five seconds for inbounding the pass is probably ticking maybe he's at 4.5 Otto passes it to John a few dribbles just decides to pull up and shoot it to to take the lead in a two-point game which was ballsy in itself drains the shot um, gets up on the scores table after uh, IT's attempt uh, <laughs> was close, but it didn't go in. Uh, Wizards take Game Six to, to take it back to Boston. What that I mean, that was just a gritty grind game in Game Six. Uh, Jacob, especially uh, you're you've been a Wizards fan much longer than we have, just from where you're from. But to to think about that moment right now, and I was really happy that we we podcasted with David Aldridge right after it with Jamoke too, because you know you really want to capture your thoughts, mm-hmm. not just written. You want to speak it out loud and remember where you were and that kind of idea. But just, I mean, it's another moment where there there aren't really words to describe it besides just you had to be there to to understand the, the emotion and the the power. Even you know, there's critiques that. He, he didn't close the series out. He got up on the scores table without, you know, really winning anything. But it was the moment knowing that that could still happen. That In the moment, like it felt totally right. In the moment, it felt totally right. Yeah, and this, yeah. this, this city in general is just starved for a winner. Yeah. And that moment is up there in all DC sports moments in the past yeah, for X sure. years. And so, I mean, years. for the entire city, that, that was just it – was, it was this really special game. And a special day, and I think we all, you know, were hopeful that having the momentum from that would carry us into Boston and get the W. It didn't work out that way, but that doesn't necessarily take anything away from that that moment. It was, you know, it was a marquee moment from a mark from the marquee player and um, that in DC basketball, and it was just it was it was re- it was really that night was really perfect, and I don't know if I would change a thing about how everything happened. I, I remember Zach. I remember you. Um, it was, you know, you'd, you'd only, you'd been here. It was, it was your first season. And I remember you, um, you and I were on the court together and we were standing next to John. Um, 
uh, on the scores table, and you were and you were trying to post the video of him on the scores table, and your hand you you were shaking. Yeah, shaking. you were show you were shaking. You were like so fired up, and I was like, settle down, get the post out, and of course it it went. <laughs> <laughs> it went ten thousand retweets require some shaking. It, I definitely no, no question. It went it went it went viral for sure, and it was, but it was just the the magnitude of the moment was, you know, just thinking back on it, I, I get I get a little bit goosebumpy just thinking about it. It yeah. was it was it was my it was I, I put it at number one in my seven years here, and frankly, yeah. there are only there are only two moments in my seven years here that really, mm-hmm. um, that really are you know in that sort of pantheon with Paul shot as well. Yeah. Um, yep. And the and, and the fact there. that the fact that this one was by John, who is, you know, Paul's one year here was memorable and it was awesome and I loved everything about it. But the fact that it was John, who we're hoping is going to be a lifetime wizard, and it was yeah. the first real true marquee playoff moment in his career, I think added some added magnitude to it. And it was it, there's no question that we can go back to ranking them now because that was number one for sure. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't think I'd have an issue with that one. Yeah, it was right there with the. I'd, yeah, could be right above the Pierce shot, maybe in my mind for top moments. And like you said, we spent just so many hours—the hours and time you put into. You know, this is a profession for us, but you know, it's a game. You know, the, it's still a game and it's a sport, and we're still all. You know, you have the fan inside of you, or the you know a sports fan that's inside of you, and you just think about all the you know all the moments that that work up to that one point and it's just it's sort of like the culmination of it all and it's like to just see it all happen like that and the way it happened and for john to do it that way um i don't know it's it's just it's something you won't ever forget if you were there you're you're never going to forget being there that night um i know you know if you're working there you're not going to forget it there's just certain games or certain moments that will live on with you forever and uh, i don't think you know, if the Wizards had won Game Seven, uh, yeah, it would be it would make that shot maybe seem better because they you know advanced another round. But um, you know, just the analogy of for like for Boston fans, where you know I grew up for baseball, Carlton Fisk's Game Six home run in the '75 World Series, you know, the one off the foul pole. I I mean, Red Sox fans certainly know that they lost Game Seven um, in a pretty tough way. But that home run, how many times have you seen that home run played over and over and right. over of him waving the ball fair? A similar franchise in terms of struggles through all the well, years, they, too. For, for the years yeah. before they won, yeah. And um, not anymore. <laughs> no, but but just I'm just saying, I, like, that's my point, just being in that regard, that, that a Game 6 moment, even if you don't win Game 7, it can still live on, and I think that John Wall shot is going to be played over and over again. It certainly here in D.C. is one of the best moments in Wizards history, um, and hopefully there'll be more moments like that in his career. You know, in the next five to ten years here, uh, hopefully a lot more playoff games. There's going to be opportunities. So, uh, but as of right now, for in terms of just his career and where he's been, to see him make that shot, get up on the board, you know, on the scorers table like that. Um, I don't know. I don't know how many other ways to describe it other than just saying it was memorable. And, and well, let's <laughs> hope 2018 features some moments that when we're a year from now, you know, we're doing this and something similar. Yeah. Mm. Well, I had a few honorable mentions that didn't make it, but I was going to say Keefe's game winner in Portland. It was the, a good one. Yeah. The Well, he stepped out of bounds. But <laughs> I didn't call it. Nope. 
allegedly, days. allegedly stepped out of bounds. But that was all, that road trip, the the four games and five nights all on the road, two back to backs, and the Wizards somehow won all four of them. Yeah. I think there were multiple fifteen point fourth quarter comebacks. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was just ridiculous. It was a f- yeah. What was there was a win right before or right after right before the Portland win? Was it Utah or no, Sacramento? Not Utah. Maybe it's Sacramento, Portland, and then the other one was the front end, I think, was Denver and Phoenix or something like that. I know they had a great comeback. I think it was in Sacramento right yeah, before the Portland game. Yeah, that was a 16 game. point fourth quarter comeback or something yeah. like that. And, but yeah, that Portland game, that game last year was great too. They've had a couple great wins in Portland. To be honest, now that I'm thinking back, I'm going back way back to my early days when Jordan Crawford hit the game winner in Portland. <laughs> <laughs> and that was one of the best games i had been a part of um you know just game winners on the road at the buzzer were um just a lot of fun so some of my best road memories for regular seasons have been in portland i can now think of at least three yeah. um, i'll say another honorable mention um for 2017 he came on february 28th when we beat the warriors oh yeah well that was i think when we all thought going into that game that we had a good chance even if kd you know doesn't get hurt but it just felt like we were such a dominant home team at the time. We assumed we'd beat everybody here at that point. Right. And well, and then, like I said earlier. Yeah, uh, that was a great win. I was also thinking this wasn't against a good opponent or anything, but when Bogdanovich like went off against the Magic and had what did he have seven or that was eight an, that was pointers? that was yeah. an incredible game. Yeah, like just an, uh, it was on my birthday actually, March in March. What a, what a birthday! Yeah, thanks Bogey for the present. Uh, but that was a great game. I, I think Bogdanovich actually delivered a few few moments like that. You're like, man, this guy cannot be stopped. And yeah, he was really hot when he he, we first got him. Yeah. He was so he was hot. worth it right from the get go. Yeah. I mean, maybe he didn't have the playoff moments they wanted, but but he delivered a few few key. He's having key a good moments. year in Indiana this year. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I was trying to think what else. I think there were a lot of regular season games, but we'll always. I mean, the Boston series. Just every every game in Boston. The, every oh, game with we the didn't Celtics. mention the funeral game <laughs> uh, when we beat the reg- Boston in the regular season. What was that? March. It was bef- obviously before the. Pl- it was the second game of the regular season between the two. I think. Yeah, I think it was in March. Yeah, or third, and I don't even. It know. was January twenty fourth. Yeah. It, oh, that's right. It was. What What would the origins of it was just th- whatever? Ha- oh yeah, it was what happened in Boston with Jay Crowder and John after the game and then the locker room stuff and and we just decided you know we're just gonna wear all black and luckily we backed it up because that would have been really bad um but that was memorable i know how excited we were for that I, jeremy wore all black i think <laughs> <laughs> i don't i don't remember doing that. <laughs> i think i'm pretty sure that's confirmed yeah but that that game should is definitely on the honorable mention list but uh Wizards fans, we hope you have enjoyed this podcast. We're, we've already gone, you know, 45 minutes about 2017, but we hope 2018 will bring uh, even better uh, Wizards yeah, memories. Well, um, we have a long, long way to go this season. I know well, next, we've, there's uh, we'll, been a lot of up and ups and downs, but I think that we will be uh, looking forward to we'll, the playoffs. We'll next talk to you in uh, in 2018. Yeah, after we'll, talk we'll probably 2018. talk to you. Uh, probably talk to you after the next game on January 3rd. We'll. Yeah. Uh, our next pod will be for out for you on January fourth. I think is probably. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy probably. that we've gotten a few podcasts out during the holidays. I mean, we I feel like we just had to after the Boston game. That was awesome. That was a great podcast. And Chris Jeremy is Chris and is always great. Yeah, Chris Miller. Shout out to him. Soul Talk. Uh, they know him at Gus's, <laughs> and uh, we'll we'll talk to you in 2018, Wiz Kids. 
Shout out to Jamoke, who we don't even know where he is right now. Uh, <laughs> He's but, in Pittsburgh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, never, never reveal. <laughs> he might be in, on Mars. And I'm pretty sure Chris Gehring's in an airport somewhere yeah, right is. now. <laughs> but uh, and we want to thank all of our guests in 2017. A lot of memorable uh, episodes, and we we actually have a page up which goes through all those kind of our top guests. I think we have 20 or 25 on that list, uh, and you can listen. Yeah, go to check all it those. out. Check it out, uh, and. We look forward to uh, what should be a really fun rest of the season. So that's it for now. Peace out 2017. Ciao for now, WizKids.